Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we look at the headlines, some might look at the last year of political turmoil, anger, fear, frustration, and wonder if there's anything worth laughing at anymore. Can we still joke about serious things in America? And what role does the First Amendment and the press play in that? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. For the first time in six years, the President of the United States attended the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend. It was a night of roasting of both the right and left. The President himself taking some shots at himself, uh, which was uh, a little bit refreshing. It's been uh, different between the pandemic and the previous occupant of the White House. There hasn't been a lot of laughter when it comes to the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the last few years. And I think it's an important uh, event. Uh, some will say, well, it's just a bunch of pompous people being pompous about themselves. Uh, and there may be some of those moments, to be sure. Uh, I also think it was an important mo- moment, however, uh, a think-again moment, to say, you know what, we've all been taking everything just a l- too serious. Uh, and laughter really can be the best medicine. I think the nation as a whole could use a, a mega dose uh, of laughter and humor. I think it's important uh, to be able to laugh at ourselves, uh, to be able to laugh with others. Uh, and to to just have that exhale moment. And so I do think it was a good thing that the White House Correspondents' Dinner is, is back on path. And I think it's been a, an interesting place for Democrats and Republicans alike over the years. Uh, different presidents have done well. Uh, other presidents have struggled. And so this was uh, President Biden's first chance to engage in that. I think he did pretty well overall. There were a few uh, awkward attempts at humor that he swung and missed on. But I think he scored some points. uh, And I think that was a good part of it. But to me, the more important thing was the message uh, that one, we can laugh and we can get really serious uh, when it comes to the things that matter. Uh, And so let's start just a little bit. The president began his speech by joking about his own approval rating. Thank you, Steve, for that introduction. And a special thanks to the 42% of you actually applauded. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here tonight with the only group of Americans with a lower approval rating than I have. 
So I think that was some uh, pretty nice self-deprecating humor right off the bat from the president uh, talking about his own poll numbers. And obviously there's been a lot of hand-wringing about those poll numbers from the left, a lot of cheering about those poll numbers from the right going into the midterm elections. And I applaud the president that he took it on and uh, had a little self-deprecating humor in there. Now, Comedian Trevor Noah had a, a tall task, uh, a very interesting needle to thread uh, as he was the, the main event at the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend. Uh, but I loved how he began. He asked everyone at the dinner to just exhale, to just exhale and just not worry about who laughs at what. The truth is, I want us all to have a good time tonight. So please, everyone relax. You know, I know everyone in this room is worried about who catches you laughing at what. And, but just chill. Just chill. We're celebrating. We're out. You know, get comfortable. So it was an opportunity to, to get comfortable. And we do have to, to do that in the country. I think we've been so tightly wound for so long uh, that a lot of us have actually snapped. <laughs> and that's not a good place to be either. Uh, Trevor Noah began by making a joke uh, to President Biden about everybody's favorite topic these days, inflation. I'll be honest, if you didn't come, I totally would have understood. Yeah, yeah because these people have been so hard on you, which I don't get. I really don't. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. Now... This was interesting. So this is a joke about inflation that, yes, everything's looking up, Mr. President. Gas is up. Rent is up. Food is up. And the president, sitting at the head table, laughed at the joke. And some on the right have now taken offense that the president would be so lighthearted, so callous that he would laugh about inflation and how this is hurting hardworking Americans. So I'm going to call foul on the right on that one. Uh, That's a mistake. Look, it's the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You've got a comedian up there at the podium, and and the president should laugh at that joke. Uh, Again, it was poking at the president, no question about it. So the right should cheer about that. Uh, The left should not be offended that that joke was told, that the president's having a tough first year. Just exhale. Everybody just exhale just a little bit. Now, there's always this natural tug and pull between an administration, a president, Uh, And the president's team in particular and the media and journalists. I don't know that there's been a president in our nation's history who has felt that they have always been treated fairly by the press. I think presidents of both parties have often complained that the media was focusing on the negative aspects and not highlighting all of their wins and, and positive results that they'd produce for the country. And so there's this tug and pull. So presidents and their team in particular are always going to be defensive of their boss. Of course they are. You would expect that. And the press is supposed to do its job, ask tough questions, be fair, be respectful of the office and the institution and the will of the American people. But the thing that I think we often miss in all of this is when it comes to the First Amendment, often when we talk about freedom of the press, We think we're talking about, well, the press owns that. They don't. And sometimes that freedom of the press, the the presidents think that they own that, and they don't. We the people own that. The First Amendment is for the people of this country, not for a president regardless of political party. Now, I will heartily applaud the president as he praised journalists for some of the work that they do especially the work that so many have done 
inside of Ukraine. I've always believed that good journalism holds up a mirror to ourselves to reflect on the good, the bad, and the true. Tonight, I want to congratulate the awardees and the scholarship winners who carry on that sacred tradition. We've all seen the courage of the Ukrainian people because of the courage of American reporters in this room and your colleagues across the world who are on the ground taking their lives in their own hands. President Biden also praised the First Amendment and pointed out the obligation the press has because of it. The free press is not the enemy of the people. Far from it. At your best, you're guardians of the truth. President Kennedy once said, and I quote, without debate, without criticism, no administration, no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. The First Amendment grants a free press extraordinary protection. But with it comes, as many of you know, a very heavy obligation to seek the truth as best you can, not to inflame or entertain, but to illuminate and educate. Not to inflame or entertain, but to educate. Uh, The president also said that journalism and satire are quintessential American in their founding. But despite all the crises, all the partisanship, all the shouting and showmanship, I really know this and you know it too. We are a great nation because we're basically a good people. And here in America, good journalism, good satire about our leaders, about our society, is quintessentially an American thing. It demonstrates the power of our example. And I honest to God believe it reveals our soul, the soul of our nation. Good journalism, good satire about leaders and society is quintessential uh, in America. So important. Finally, Trevor Noah also took time to commend important parts of the role the press plays in a free society. I really hope you all remember what the real purpose of this evening is. Yes, it's fun. Yes, we dress nice. Yes, the people eat, they drink, we have fun. But the reason we're here is to honor and celebrate the fourth estates and what you stand for, what you stand for, an additional check and balance that holds power to account and gives voice to those who otherwise wouldn't have one. And, and, and like, I'm not just talking about like CNN or Fox or any of the other major organizations. I'm talking about everyone, you know, the young journalists we saw today. Oh, intrepid journalists who aren't even in this room in Flint, Michigan, or that daring reporter at the Des Moines Register, or the unflinching local newscaster in El Paso, Texas. Every single one of you, whether you like it or not, is a bastion of democracy. And if you ever begin to doubt your responsibilities, if you ever begin to doubt how meaningful it is, look no further than what's happening in Ukraine. Look at what's happening there. Journalists are risking and even losing their lives to show the world what's really happening. You realize how amazing it is. Like in America, you you have the right to seek the truth and speak the truth, even if it makes people in power uncomfortable, even if it makes your viewers or your readers uncomfortable. You understand how amazing that is? I stood here tonight and I made fun of the president of the United States and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine, right? Uh, a great White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, a lot of important things about humor, about satire, about laughing at it ourselves, about exhale, and about the First Amendment. 
uh, the fact that somebody like Trevor Noah could say those things in front of the President of the United States at the President of the United States and not be worried about being arrested on the drive home. That is America. We're going to come back and talk more uh, about humor and the lessons learned from the White House Correspondents' Dinner coming up at 150. Stay with us. We're going to stay with the conversation here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. With Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.